Brought to you by the all-new 2014 Toyota Corolla. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark, and there's Charles W. Chuck Bryant. And uh, this is Stuff You Should Know, the podcast. Audio adventure hour. (laughs) That's a great subtitle. Chuck. Yes. Have you ever broken a bone? I have not. You better knock on wood right this instant. Yeah. I could say the same thing, except I'm pretty certain that I've broken my small toe several times over the course of my life. Yeah, there's not a whole lot you can do about that, though, right? No, I mean, like, I didn't go see a doctor or anything like that, which is why I'm not certain I broke it. But I'm pretty certain, just based on the amount of pain Mm -hmm. involved in it. Um, But other than that, you know, I've never had, like, a sling or anything like that. I always got cuts. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I was always uh, stitched up in things, never broken bones. Oh, you had stitches? Oh, leg, foot, head, tongue. I almost bit my tongue off. I've never had stitches. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Well, you've lived a relatively healthy life, my friend. I guess so. And, I mean, it's not like I haven't been an adventure boy or anything like that. I've, I've gotten in all sorts of wrecks, accidents. I've had a brick fall on my head. I put my arm through a storm window when I was a little baby. Um, I once was riding my awesome blue and yellow magwheel BMX bike mm-hmm. and went to go up a curb. But my brain misfired. And rather than pull up on the handlebars, I pressed down and went right over the handlebars hard. Yeah, I've done that on a mountain bike. I played football. I got hit in the head with the baseball, playing baseball. I, I'm, it's not like I was like a milk toast or you, anything like that. You're unbreakable. It, like Bruce Willis. I, I wouldn't say that just because I'm just too superstitious for that kind of thing. But I have not had stitches or a broken bone. But now I know <laughs> all about broken bones and how they heal. Because they do heal. And it's not just your saw bones that's healing them. Like, they heal on themselves. And it turns out medical science is basically just there to assist a beautiful, elegant, natural process that's already in place. Yeah, I think I'm just amazed at the the body's natural healing capabilities. I think it's really neat. Um, I am, too. Like, you can regenerate your own tail. Yeah. Your your vestigial tail. That's true. If you make it out of the womb with one of those. If if you lost your third nipple, it might (laughs) just grow right back. Your superfluous third nipple, yeah. (laughs) Uh, so I guess, you know, I am a few years away from being more susceptible. Apparently men after 45, mm-hmm. um, are more susceptible to breaking bones and, oh no, I'm sorry, pre 45. Right. So I'm almost in the clear. Yeah. I, and I, I suspect that that is due to, um, them being Rough more housing. active. Yeah. yeah. Um, because that's in men, uh, if you're 45 or under, you're more susceptible to breaking a bone. Um, and then women, are more susceptible to breaking a bone after that age. Postmenopausal. Yeah, when they reach menopause. Yeah. Um, and the most commonly broken bone is what? Uh, the wrist, right? Yeah, the radius bone of the wrist. Yeah. I guess from all the tennis people play. I think my theory on that is is that's how you, you know it's a lot of that comes from trying to break your fall by putting oh, your yeah. hand out. But that just happens a lot. It makes you wonder what bones we would break and how many more bones we'd break if we didn't have wrist bones to break. Well, you, if you, or if you didn't try to break your fall, you just break your face over and over. Yeah, I guess so. Um, and then in the elderly, age 75 or over, according to this article by Robert Lamb, um, hip fractures are the most common. Yeah. And those are painful. Yeah, I'm sure. That's like 
Yeah, you hear about that a lot. Very sad. Yeah. Like fall in the bathtub, break the old hip. Sure. Um, so there's different types of fractures that can take place, right? Like there's not – there's the simple fracture. Yeah. Which is the most um, – like the one you're – if you're going to break a bone, this is the one you hope for. Yeah. Um, but it is – and it may even be the most common. I don't know if what's the most common. It's just type a of clean, fracture. a clean, simple break in one place only. Right, and there's not like a bunch of other trauma or like a, a associated pain or, or well, there's probably a lot of pain. Yeah, but problems that come out of it. It's just like snap, and then ouch. There's a clean break. Yeah, that's a simple fracture. That's definitely not the only kind of fracture. No, the dreaded compound fracture, which I think strikes fear into the hearts of everybody is when your bone is poking through your skin. Yeah, like Joe Theismann. Oh, man. Or the guy in the March Madness recently. Oh, I don't think I saw that one. Oh, man, it is bad. Yeah, I can't. There my is, uh, mirror neurons kick in so hard when that stuff happens. There's this There's this animated gif of this. the footage of the guy. He just fell down wrong, um, and he fell down right in front of his own bench. And there's like the reaction of like the guys on the bench is like, oh, they all look like they're about to faint because they're like two feet away from like one of the worst things you could possibly see in an alive human, you know? It's awful. Yeah. But those, that's a compound fracture. And those are kind of dangerous because they can lead to infection pretty easily. By the way, you know, Joe Theismann, I don't know if this is true. Supposedly his name was pronounced Theismann until college and he changed it to rhyme with Heisman in a push for the trophy. No way. I've heard that. I'm not sure. I need to look that up to verify it. That might be a, an urban legend. Could be. But I always call him Joe Thiesman as a joke. But either way, the he the compound fracture came out of his thigh, didn't it? Mm, I can't remember. I thought it was more like at the knee. It was gruesome, though. I remember like seeing it live. I never saw it. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. All right. So there's also the impacted fracture when uh, one end of the fracture, uh, one end of the bone is driven into the other. That sounds pretty gnarly too yeah that sounds really awful a com comminuted fracture mm-hmm. uh that's when the bone shatters into fragments that's probably that's pretty bad yeah i'm like sure that's crush. quite problematic and as we'll find out you probably end up a tad bit shorter if you have one of those in like your tibia because you have to get rid of that stuff yeah the the, the bone fragments uh there's the super cute green stick fracture yeah, this one to me was like um, the same as imagining pulling back a fingernail, <laughs> but then it it retracting back. <sighs> yeah, this is a this is among children. It's a yeah. type of fracture specific to children where the bone like bends and snaps, but it doesn't fully break. Yeah, it cracks, but doesn't. It's like a green twig. Imagine that. Like if you bend it, you can't really snap it in two. Oh. That's why they call it that. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, green stick. That makes sense. You old timber toe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then an evolution fracture is, um, Robert describes it as a powerful muscle contraction, and it wrenches bone and tendon, forcing a fracture. That sounds pretty awful. Yeah, I looked this up. So basically what this is is your the muscles around your bone. Mm-hmm. In some instances, in, in very unusual instances, can um, contract so powerfully that it snaps the bone. Uh, under what circumstance? So um, normally our muscles aren't powerful enough to snap bone because we have um, neurological control right. over the muscles. Apparently, it, athletes can train beyond this point and can be at risk for uh, an avulsion fracture. Uh-huh. 
by pushing their muscle muscles so hard that like they can make them powerful enough to snap their own bones. And in a, a very strong high jump or jump, um, the tibia, the shin bone, is particularly at risk for an avulsion fracture wow. um, among highly trained athletes. Man. So imagine smaller. jumping so hard yeah. that you snap your own bones with your muscles. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, we learned in the uh, when you get shocked, you know, like our body has that reserve. Like when you get shocked from and then blown across the room, mm-hmm. that's actually not the power blowing you across the room. That's your muscles are so strong right. and capable of doing that under the right circumstance. Exactly. Like the potential's there, but yeah. we have a neurological filter that keeps us from doing that. And I looked that up, too, to see if there was like a, a, an association of avulsion fractures and electrocutions. I couldn't find anything. No. But it seems intuitive, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, the pathological fracture, which is the most dastardly of fractures. Um, it's when the bones are weakened by disease and really break pretty easily. They're like brittle, like, uh, osteoporosis can yeah, lead like to that. Unbreakable, but Sam Jackson's character. Yes. Mr. What was his name? F. Mr. Brittle. Mr. F. <laughs> like that. I can't remember, but he was, remember his bones broke yeah. very easily. That was the premise of that at least was a really great, that was a great movie. I really enjoyed it actually. I thought it was like his only good movie. <laughs> he didn't like The Sixth Sense? Mm, I guess that was okay. That was a great movie. It's hard to remember, though, because he's sucked so much since then. I feel bad for that guy. In my I mean, He's got a great imagination. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I guess it just... I don't know what the problem is. Because <laughs> he ma- he, he's made some great movies. Yeah. Uh, the Village, that was a really good movie. Uh, I didn't care for it. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I didn't care for it. I thought that twist was amazing. Oh, enough with the twists with that guy. Oh, well, that's the whole thing. One trick pony. No, he's not. It's like calling O. Henry a one trick pony. <laughs> <laughs> There's twists, like just having a twist. Alfred Hitchcock, master of the twist. Oh, master Chubby of Chubby Checker, master of the twist. <laughs> uh, I have a few other bone facts, just since we're talking about bones. Uh, we know... Uh, I think we've said it on our TV show even. You're born with about 350 bones, and when you die, you have 206 because a lot of your bones fuse together from when you're a little BB. Yeah. Um, 27 in the hand, 26 in the foot, 25 in the thorax, 24 in the vertebral crump. The what? I just spaced out. Vertebral column? Yeah. Crom. And uh, only one in the throat. <laughs> We have a bone in the throat? Apparently so. Where? You know, right there. You're touching it. Feel Am that I? bony thing? <laughs> That's my Adam's apple. By 20 years old, we've acquired 98% of our skeletal mass, and our bone density peaks at 30 and then starts going downhill after that. Right, it does. But um, there's a lot of uh, confusion out there, I assume, that our <laughs> skeleton stops growing. Yeah. And it does. Like, we do reach a point where, what did you say, 30? 30 is where it peaks. Well, so our skeleton has reached the its full size, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean it, it stops producing um, skeleton, new skeleton. Apparently, every year, a full 10% of our skeleton is totally regenerated. Yeah, which we'll get to that process. Okay. Uh, and then alcohol and smoking um, are no good for your bones. Um, you lose density in osteopenia, which is sort of like a pre-osteoporosis, I guess. Huh. And, I've heard uh, that before, I think. Yeah? Yeah, I think when I was a smoker, I knew that, like, it was bad for bones. It's definitely bad for teeth, and I'm sure the two are associated. Yeah. Because I'll bet it's bone loss that makes your teeth fall out from smoking. Totally is. 
Um, and then I guess I've got some stuff on how to support your bones and good foods and stuff, but um, maybe we should do that at the end. Oh, yeah. A happy ending. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Chuck. Yes. Um, we, well, we know virtually everything there is to know about bones, but we don't know how they work yet. We're about to. Okay. Right? Yeah. So, like I said, um, we regenerate about 10% of our skeleton every year. And not the same 10%. It's just this constant process called bone remodeling. Yeah, our bones aren't just like dead sticks that our flesh and muscle are wrapped around. It's living matter just like the rest of your body. Right. And in addition to um, the support and structure for your body um, that the musculoskeletal system provides... It's also your skeleton is a source for um, storing uh, minerals, sure, hard minerals. Um, the uh, marrow, there's two types of marrow. There's red marrow where we create blood cells. Yeah, red blood cells. Yep. Um, and then there's also yellow marrow where we store fat. <sighs> yeah. That just sounds gross. Fatty bones. Fatty yellow marrow in our bones sounds gross to me. Have you ever eaten bone marrow? I know you, it's like the the butter of the gods, but I um, have you ever tried it? No, I guess I should taste it, but I'm just... yeah, you're gonna taste it one day. Yeah, I will see to it. There's places that you can find bone marrow. Oh sure, and I urge you to go there. Yeah, you can get it on your burger at uh at uh is it Farm Burger Indicator? Oh yeah, they do have marrow, don't they? Yeah, I think you actually ate one with marrow. I'm sure I did. Yeah. Yeah, I, I very rarely turn down marrow. <laughs> on the menu. Yeah, because, I mean, you, you can't find it everywhere. And True. It's very tough to screw up marrow. Okay, well, that's good to know. Anyway, in my opinion, fatty bone marrow sounds awesome. In my O, it does not. But I'll try. Did you pick that up at the folk festival? What? In my O? I don't think so, why? Because you've never said it before and you said it twice today. I don't, I don't think that was like the <laughs> the phrase that was sweeping the uh, It was on a Rhode banner Island. in the back, behind Beck, <laughs> in my O tour. I'mo. Uh, yeah, I'mo. I thought you were saying in my O. I was. I'm just old and I don't know how these. But I like the variation. Okay. All right. So hold on. Hold on. I'm still, I haven't lost my train of thought yet. I, I've got it in reserve. Okay. Marrow. Uh, well, we're past the marrow. Bone the, remodeling. The point is the bone is a living structure, right? Yes, it is. The thing is... Um, it can mineralize. It's the store of hard minerals. The bone can become a little too hard yeah, because it needs to stay living sure. as well as rigid. Um, and so we do bone remodeling. So this process is basically a three-step process, right? Yeah. So you've got the old bone that's become too hard, ossified is what it's called. Mm-hmm. And um, it's basically broken down by uh, a type of um, bone cell called osteoclast. Yeah, they, they go around and chomp it up. Right, and um, absorb it. There's a, a This part of the process is called resorption. Yes. And I guess they leave behind new cells. And these new cells are, um, I think they attract something called osteoblasts, which are a different type of bone cell, and they generate new bone tissue. That's right, and that is bone remodeling. Uh, and then you have... You know, there's cartilage involved too, and that's where chondroblasts come in, form the new cartilage, and between those three types of cells, you are regenerating your bone and uh, every day, basically. Yes. Okay. So, and the fact that we have this constantly going on, it's not that big of a deal to your bones to undertake this process of healing. Like this is; those are the reasons why chondro chondroblasts, 
osteoblasts and osteoclasts are the reasons why we can regenerate new bone yeah. once we break it. Yeah, and like from the moment you break your bone, it kind of starts to begin this process of healing itself, Yeah, which is pretty great. And if you were like trapped in the woods and you could get it set sort of right, you're going to probably be okay. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need a doctor. Well, you need a doctor in many cases, but... Before there were doctors, people still healed broken bones. Yeah, I mean, you... The you, body does. Still, yeah, and depending on how how well the whole thing went, you might be totally fine. Yeah, or you might walk with a little hitch in your giddy-up. Right, yeah. If it's uh, the Middle Ages, you never know. So when when a bone breaks, there's the... Your body undertakes this process of regeneration. Um, there's three phases. That's right. Three phases. <laughs> right. And uh, the first phase is the actual break. And remember, there's there's um, blood vessels in your bones. Yeah, surrounding the bone. So those break too. Yes. Which is, that, sounds bad, but it's kind of good. It is. The body says, I'm going to make lemons, lemonade out of the lemons that I've just been <laughs> dealt. Yeah. I'm bleeding profusely, but I'm going to go ahead and take that blood, let it build up in the fissure, in the crack, uh-huh. um, and create a clot. Yeah, which helps. It's called a fracture hematoma. And that's the beginning of the healing process. It stabilizes everything. Mm-hmm keeps it as lined up as possible yep. and cuts off the flow of blood to those jagged edges there. Right. And since the jagged edges lose blood flow, they start to die. Yeah. And so the, um, the I guess, the, the parts of the fracture that are going to be the roughest just fall away and are re- reabsorbed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's going to cause some swelling and inflammation. Oh, yeah. Because the, it's like everything's hard at work. All these cells are hard at work trying to, you know, get all the dead tissue out of there. Uh, and then little tiny blood vessels are going to start to grow again. Um, they grow in the, um, in the hematoma, hematoma, in the clot, so yeah. that now all of a sudden there's a transport system to this area. That's right. And that takes place over about three or four days, this hematoma um, develops, right? That's right. Um, so that'll develop into, you know, it gets tougher as it goes, and it forms something called soft callus, mm-hmm. um, which is sort of the beginning of... I liken it to like an internal cast almost. Right. Like the beginnings of it. And it gets harder and harder as this process goes on. Yeah. So, you, And this actually replaces the clot. Like the clot kind of turns into the soft callus, right? Yeah. And the soft callus is the result of um, these things called fibroblasts, which start producing collagen. Yeah. And this collagen builds up, and um, that's what develops your soft callus. That's right. It's kind of like um, you have your skin is made of collagen. Yeah, it's a protein. Your bones apparently made of collagen too. Essentially, it's the it's the base protein for bone and skin. Collagen. Where would we be without collagen? We would just be a heaping mess on the floor. We'd be in Zerosville. <laughs> Zerosville. Um, and then this, so you've got the soft callus, and then the soft callus is eventually replaced um, with something called the fibrocartilaginous callus. Yeah, chondroblasts are the cells that help produce that. Mm-hmm. And again, this is just. A process of hardening and strengthening as the bones are lined up. Right. And all of it started with that hematoma. Yeah. That clot. And it would, it's become replaced. And then, um, now it's getting a little harder. It's getting a little tougher. And I guess you have the fibrocartilaginous callus. Yeah. That remains. And rather than being replaced by the bone callus, the bone callus builds around it. Yeah. And that's the actual linking device that links the two pieces of the bone together. That's the bridge. Right. And those osteoblasts that are responsible for um, the bone 
remodeling that constantly goes on. Yeah. They're the ones producing the bone callus. And the bone callus, if the soft callus is the beginning of that initial cast, Uh this is like the cast that your body builds for your bone. And it covers the area and allows that bone regeneration to take place in this completely protected area. Yeah. So the the fibrocartilus callus is a few days. I'm sorry, a few weeks. And then the the hard bone callus is three or four months. Right. That's why when you have a cast on, you have to have your cast for... Several months, or at yeah. least a couple months, usually long enough for it to stink. Yeah, and itch, get, get ants inside. <laughs> yeah, I remember being a kid and being jealous of kids who got their cast signed and things, because mm-hmm. it was always, you know, the kid would show up, they get a lot of attention, yeah, and everyone would sign their cast, and it was just a big thing. And I never <laughs> broke my bone, and I was just like, eh, I want to break a bone. <laughs> do you, Do you remember the Simpsons where uh, Bart has a cast for the summer? Man, it is it's so. season two, three, four, something like yeah. that. It's one of the best ones ever because simultaneously, I think, um, I guess the Simpsons get a pool too. Uh-huh. And uh, everybody's having so much fun in the pool, but Bart can't get in. And there's like a rear window, like Alfred oh, yeah. Hitchcock's rear window thing going uh-huh. on with him. Um, oh, but, you're right, because uh, Jimmy Stewart was in the wheelchair. Right, yeah. Um, but Milhouse comes over and Bart's like, Milhouse, my trusted friend, you won't leave me, will you? And he's signing Bart's cast. He's like, oh, I got to go, Bart. And they show his signature. It says Millpool. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's the Simpsons episode. That's good. It's a good one. And, and when I was a kid, too, they, they still had the um, early on, they still had the plaster casts, you know, that were really easy to sign. Right. And then they kind of I don't even know what they're made of now, but it, it looks more like uh, uh like fibrous, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Like a gauze. Yeah, like gauze. It's harder, it's harder to sign, though. Yeah. It's not like the old days. No, but don't they have, like, designs and colors and stuff? Oh, do they? So kids can, like, get funky with their casts? I'm sure they do, actually. I've never seen it, but that makes total sense. Mm. Make uh, broken bones fun, like Band-Aids and stuff. <laughs> right. All right. So um, we've got our bone callus. That is when the healing is really going on. That is the stable protection, the interior cast as it is. Or as it could be. Right. And you could leave that alone. Yeah. And like you said, risk dying or having a limp or something like that. <laughs> you could take a, ch- a chance if you wanted. Right. But if medical science is anything, it's interventionist. So they come in and they say, we're going to help this process along as best as we can. Yeah. And a lot of times it's as simple as creating a cast, which basically forms that protective layer and keeps kids from doing stuff that's fun. Sure. While their bone is, is uh, reproducing itself. Yeah, they're going to diagnose you. They're going to immobilize it with that cast and make sure it's all in proper alignment. Um, maybe a splint, maybe a sling, maybe a brace, whatever it takes, depending on like where the break is, how bad it is, right. how old you are. And uh, horrifically. It's probably painful. Yeah, because your bone... If it's not in alignment when mm-hmm. you go to see the doctor, they have to make sure that it is in alignment. Yeah. Which means that they're going to physically force it back into alignment. Yeah. Which means you're going to pass out from the pain if they don't give you something beforehand. Yeah. I've also heard, I should look this up, that if it's not healing right, they'll re-break it sometimes. Is that true? I imagine, yeah. I've heard that. It seems like I knew someone that had that happen. Surgical break? Yeah, I think so. I'll have to look or that up. Or a medical break? I bet that's happened. <laughs> uh, you might need traction, which um, I never really knew what traction was. I thought traction was just, hey, I need to keep my leg elevated for a period of time. 
But it's not just that. It's actually uh, weights and ropes and pulleys, like pushing and pulling mm-hmm. constantly to make sure it stays in alignment and maintains that alignment. Right. So, like, if you have um, a leg where the brake is trying to go, um, one the lower part is trying to go up and the upper part is trying to go down. Yeah. You would have a pulley pulling on the, the lower part. Man. And the upper part, pushing on the upper part, pulling each way so that it's constantly in alignment, right? That's got to be painful. I would imagine. I can't imagine traction's fun. There is a kind of traction that uh, bears your last name, Bryant Traction. Oh, really? Yes. And it, it, it's as cute as possible. It's for little <laughs> kids only Okay. who've suffered um, femur or uh, hip breaks. Oh, man. And their tiny little legs have to both be up in the air at a 90-degree angle of their pelvis. And it's heartbreakingly adorably sad uh to see a little kid in bryant traction yeah because they're all like four um and i've seen pictures because i looked up traction and if you want to see a really disturbing pdf that's not intended to be disturbing it's just forthright medical photos yeah it's um look go on to lancastergeneralcollege.edu and look up traction in orthopedic care by a guy named uh rothaker and um it it's it's just uh, basically a how to and like different types of traction and it, traction's kind of become uh, abandoned largely by the medical profession. Oh yeah, it was you know kind of big in the twentieth century and I think we've kind of outgrown it largely. Uh-huh. Um, but there are some old timey, torturific looking Ugh. traction devices out there, like the the head tongs. Uh-huh. You know, like an ice tong. Like they used to deliver, like the Three Stooges delivered ice yeah, yeah, with. Yeah, They have those for your head to like hold your head in, in uh, alignment with your spinal column for however long it needs to be if you break your back. Wow. There's some, it's just really kind of weird to see. But there's little kids in uh, Bryant traction in, in that <laughs> PDF. Uh, you know, I bet our friends, um, you know, for my brother and my brother and me, Justin McElroy, uh-huh. he and his wife now. Uh, Sydney, who's a doctor, have a new podcast called Sawbones. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I haven't yeah, heard it yet. It's really good. It's basically Sydney and Justin are both just fascinated by antiquated medical practices. Awesome. And that's like the entire podcast. And I guess you could probably get that on like Bullseye, right? Bullseye website? Yeah, or, or iTunes. It's really good. And they, they sweetly said that they were inspired by us and as far as delivering like educational slash funny podcasts. That's very sweet. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. Um, sawbones. Yeah. Okay. Uh, surgery. Surgery. Oh, that's another thing. If you are in traction, there's two kinds of traction. There's skin traction, which is basically like they attach the ropes and the pulleys and stuff to using medical tape or like a boot or a sling or something. Then there's skeletal traction where they go in and attach pins, rods, needles to your bone. Yeah. That's a pretty severe breaks require this. Usually you don't need surgery to repair a bone, but if you do, that means you're going to be getting like bolts and pins and things inserted yeah. to, to keep everything properly aligned. Yeah. And while you're in traction, your muscles are doing jack, Yeah. which means they atrophy, which means you're going to have to go through rehab. Yeah. Which, which is good. Like, um, and rehab, you know, they specialize in just enough work to build up your muscle and, and cartilage and tendons again, but you still have to respect the break. So it's like, it's a very delicate line they're walking here with what kind of rehab you can do. Sure. You know? Um, so broken bones can lead to, it's not always just as easy as 
your bone is broken, let's heal it. There can like be complications. You can die. Yeah, you can. From like a broken hip. Yes. Sadly. As apparently one third of uh, hip related, hip break related deaths are, um, come from that hematoma, huh? Wow. That's sad. And I think probably what happens, um, when you have that fracture hematoma. Yeah. In a hip, you're still moving around a little bit. So what that's called though is a pulmonary embolism. That's when that clot moves up and blocks like arteries to your lungs. Right. And that's where the death results from. Yeah. Uh, obviously if you have a compound fracture infection, it's pretty big risk. Uh, if you break ribs, they can puncture organs or if they're not properly set or not healing right, they can, you know, squeeze out organs and, uh, lead to like tissue damage and things like that. Yes. That's no good. And then there's something called fibrodysplasia ossificans progressiva or FOP. Right. It's a uh, genetic condition uh, with a life expectancy of about 40 years of age. And basically, Chuck, that bone remodeling process goes haywire. There's a genetic mutation to where any kind of trauma yeah. to your tissue triggers bone regeneration at the site. So, like, your muscle is turning into bone. Your muscle, your skin, your fat. Those pictures, man, like it showed a skeleton. Mm-hmm bare skeleton that had had, had this uh, disease. Yeah. And it's like there's it's like skeleton plus. Right. Like and, what you're used to looking to plus a lot more. Yeah. Um and it's a very sad condition. There's um I think there's they believe only about 700 people in the world have FOP. Um and most of them are um incorrectly diagnosed with things like cancer. Yeah. Uh because cancer can do all sorts of wacky stuff to bones um as a secondary condition. Yeah. Um, and so they get all sorts of unnecessary treatment like chemotherapy and things like that. Um, even without when it, having cancer, right? Wow. Even when it is, um, correctly diagnosed, it's basically like parents are forced to choose like, okay, am I going to try to keep you alive as much as possible yeah. and make you live in a bubble? Or am I going to say, you know, I want you to live your life and you can go out and get a bruise and inoculation. Yeah. Um, get punched in the arm, and all of those things, those sites are going to turn to bone. Wow. A bruise creates bone there at the site. Unbelievable. Your joints lock up, and then you you lose use of that, that limb. Yeah, I saw the one guy I interviewed was just like, you know, it, he can't walk around, he can't lay down comfortably, it just really just locks you up. Yeah. And it's a really terrible, horrific condition. Yeah. But now that they've discovered the gene mutation associated with it, they really feel like the next generation of FOP patients are going to have a lot better quality of life than the ones alive today. Oh, really? Yeah, and there's a girl um, in uh, Peachtree City who has it, who's uh, just kind of a plucky survivor. That's here in Georgia, by the way. Yeah. In case people didn't know. How do you not know it's in Georgia? (laughs) It's called Peachtree City. Very true. That's where everybody drives golf carts around. Oh, really? Yeah. You didn't know that? No. That's the home of Club Car, the uh, golf cart company. Is it really? Yeah, and for some reason, like, Peachtree City, I guess, to celebrate Club Car. Built a bunch of, like, paths? Like, all over the city. That's how you get around down there, from what I understand. Huh. Yeah. Well, that's neat. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So she has it in Peachtree City? Because it's, like, super, super rare, right? Yeah, like 700 people worldwide. How's she doing? uh, She's doing okay. Like I said, she's plucky. From what I understand, she was the um, 
the centerpiece of the article on it that I read on ABC News called um, Turn to Bone, Rare Condition Locks Victims in Second Skeleton. Um, it's pretty interesting. Boy, seeing the attitude of people that have things like this happen, like that's the inspiration. Right. We had a, a, I don't know if you saw the email a guy wrote in yesterday that cut off four of his fingers with a table saw and um, had medical leeches used as part of the thing and like sending pictures. It was really gnarly. No, I missed that. But this guy was like smiling in the picture and he's like, you know what? A lot worse things can happen. He's like, they weren't able to reattach the fingers. I got a nub I can still play bass guitar with. Huh. And he's got this really, really rad uh, artificial finger that he sent a picture of. Yeah. Like a robotic finger. That's very cool. And uh, again, just like the attitude. <laughs> Emily and I always make jokes about the um, like the living will. And, you know, like, what do you want to do in case these situations? I'm like... If I break a few bones and I'm in traction, I was like, just go ahead and put me out. Is that right? I'm just the biggest complainer and wuss, like okay. with that stuff. I need to work on my okay. my attitude in case of like bad situations like that. You should probably specify on record, put you out means like kill you or like give you a bunch of drugs. Oh right, because <laughs> that's that could lead to a lot of disagreement later on. Right, could lead to some good times. Right, <laughs> that'll change your attitude. Got anything else? Uh, that's it, man. Oh, by the way, Evil Knievel did not break every bone in his body. That's I looked that up. That's not true. Really? Nah, he broke thir- apparently 35 bones over the oh, course of his career. That's not that much. Which is, eh, that's a lot. He also used to punch out like reporters he didn't like, apparently. And break bones in his hand doing so? I guess. Uh, uh, McConaughey was going to play him in a biopic at one point. I thought that was pretty good casting. Who else? Yeah. yeah biopic. Maybe Josh Lucas. What's wrong with biopic? Biopic. That's that's what it, that's. Bio, we've had this conversation before. What? Whether it's biopic or biopic? Yeah. And what did we settle on? I say biopic. And I said biopic. Yeah. But I think I just said biopic. Maybe you. No, s- you said biopic. Oh, I did. Mm-hmm. Jerry, can we get a ruling? <laughs> Jerry says no. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I got nothing else then. Okay. Well, that's uh, broken bones. That was a good one. Yeah, I think so. I never really knew. I mean, I knew they healed themselves, but it's uh, pretty fascinating mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And if you want to learn more about it, you can uh, check out this article by Robert Lamb on HowStuffWorks.com. Um, just type in broken bones and it will bring it up. And uh, since I said Robert Lamb, that means it's time for a message break. Stuff you should know. Now, how's about some uh, listener mail, Chuck? Yeah, this is from a female rugby player, so it probably fits with broken bones. I bet she's broken a bone. Sure. And I didn't know that ladies played rugby, so I was happy to learn this. Uh, Hey, guys, I want to say first off that I think y'all are incredible. Love the podcast. Dig the show. Thoroughly enjoy all the fun newsletter emails I get from you to help break up the day at work. Oh, yeah, we should tell people you can subscribe to our newsletter. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. It's just kind of like a rundown of stuff we've come up with that week. Uh-huh. Um, articles, links to the podcast. Video. Good way yeah. to stay in the loop. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure how you sign up for that, though. <laughs> really? Hold on. I Actually, I do know where it is, Chuck. You can go to our Facebook page and sign up. I should know that. There's a link on the Facebook page for our newsletter, so just click that and add your information. And I believe there's a no-spam guarantee. And, of course, it's not a legally binding guarantee, but I think, like, there's no spam associated with it. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. Like, all you get is the newsletter. Nice. Yeah. Well, 
thank you, Jamie, for pointing that out. And thank you for enjoying the newsletter. Yeah. So she continues, I am writing to ask for a favor on something I know you guys hate oh, to do. <laughs> but I figure I have nothing to lose. I play for a women's rugby team in Chicago called the Chicago Sirens. Uh, rugby is a newish sport for me, but I have to say it's one of the most fun things I've done since moving here. Anyway, our team has been invited to play in the 2014 Safari Sevens Tournament in Nairobi, Kenya. Wow. Which is an extreme privilege. Uh, the Safari Sevens is Africa's premier rugby tournament and is open only to teams that receive formal invitations and draw crowds of over 20,000 people. Wow. Uh, we are currently the only U.S. team that's been invited to play in the 2014 tournament, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, in addition, we are the first women's team outside of Africa to ever receive an invitation to play, and it's a really cool opportunity for us. That is an extreme, uh, what would you say, an extreme what? Privilege? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, the only problem is, guys, we are a self-funded team. Aha. And it was a catch. <laughs> and uh, we have a ton of fundraising to do in order to get ourselves there. Did you think she was just bragging? <laughs> no, I knew. Uh, would you guys be willing to mention our tour website on your Facebook page or on Twitter? For sure. Or better yet, on the podcast? For sure. So you got it. Uh, she says, I know it's a total long shot, but this trip would be like a dream come true. And a girl's got to try. Um, your Kenyan-bound fan, Jamie. So, Jamie, here's your plug. If you guys want to help support women's rugby and... Uh, Get them to uh, Africa Basically, to participate. Team USA for this. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Um, you can go to Sirens Safari Number Seven S. <laughs> so it's Sevens, but it's the number seven instead of spelling it out. Okay. So S I R E N S S A F A R I Number Seven S Safari Sevens dot webs dot com. So once again, that is Sirens Safari Sevens Number Seven <laughs> dot Webs dot com. Man, they should have made that easier to plug. No kidding, we earned that. Um, so that's you know the URL and uh, boy, I hope you raise your funds. That'd be really neat. Support yeah. the USA. Let's support women's rugby. Let's go help them, everybody. Yeah, donate a few shekels, as Mark Marin would say. That's very nice. Yeah, yeah. Way to um, quote Marin. Sure. I like uh, the word shekels. It's yeah, that's a good one. Um, well, let's see. If you, as always, have a, uh, a charity, a uh, group that needs help that we can try to rally everybody for, we're always out to hear that kind of thing. Aren't we? Yeah, no promises because we get a lot of them. But, um, yeah. you know, like she said, girls got to try. We'll do what we can. Uh, and if you have a broken bone story, you might as well send it to us. Why not? You can tweet to us at... S-Y-S-K podcast. Yes. You can join us on Facebook.com and sign up for our newsletter at Facebook.com slash Stuff You Should Know. You can send us an email to StuffPodcast at Discovery.com. And you can check out our home on the web, StuffYouShouldKnow.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by the all-new 2014 Toyota Corolla.